kiss and tell But I've been seen with fair up I've never been with anything less than a man So fine I've been on fire with Sally Field And gone fast with a girl named Bo But somehow they just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. It's hilarious on how, you know, we feel like we are the biggest thing on the planet and yet we are a grain of sand on a huge beach, you need to put things into perspective <laughs> and, and, you know, think of your fellow man. Yeah. You know, speaking of perspective, both of our teams, so you're a Raiders fan. So you got the, the full on Devonte Adams, soak up every single target and make everybody else irrelevant. How does that feel? You know, every, every year we do this every year, the Raiders get someone big from green Bay. You notice that? Whether yeah. Be a GM. Yeah a wide receiver, James a Jones. Yeah. every year. And we pay them out the a-hole. And they get to, they get to the Raiders and they go, ah, got my money. Yeah. But you know what? That's what all big-time professional athletes do. Look at uh, over at the Ravens. They paid their quarterback $125 million. Then what happened? His rating went down like 40%. Yeah. You give them all this money, what do they have to work for? What's, what's, what's my motivation now? You know, I'm fucking loaded. I'm I'm ridiculously rich. And if you fire me, a hundred million is guaranteed. I have no reason to bust my ass for this organization because I'm already getting paid. Why am I going to go out there and risk injury? Well, they get to a certain age. I've got 125 million dollars in the bank. They they get to a certain age and they start making business decisions. Well, it's a business. Yeah. It's a game when you're playing college football. It's a game when you're in high school. When you're making a million dollars plus a year to play a sport, it's not a game anymore. It's a business. It's yeah. all business. It's, it's what it's about. That's why you pay these players to do things for you. And so you're you saying Devontae, Devontae didn't look good his first week? Billions or? and billions of dollars. It's not a game, bro. It's This, this is some real shit. You know? so you know, this is real money did, we're talking about. Did Devontae not look good the first week? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I the first week, this is what I know about the Raiders. If we go four and zero in the preseason, we're going to lose the first game of the season. 
It, 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 that's what we do. If we yeah. come off the playoffs and we were in the playoffs, we're going to lose the first game of the season. That's what the Raiders do, whether they're in Oakland or they're in LA or they're out here in Vegas. That's what they do. The, the team is very, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll show up for big games, eh, keep it close, but then we'll, we'll lose to a team that's, you know, 0-6. Yep. That's what the, the Raiders are one of those teams that it's like, well, how motivated do we want to be? Who are we playing? Is it a televised game? Is it a blacked out game? You know, what, what's our motivation? You put the Raiders on Monday night, they'll give you a show. Any yeah. other time, the Raiders are just like, yeah, we, we, we have the emblem, but they're not the Raiders of the old. They're not the yeah. Raiders I grew up with. They're not the Raiders of the 70s. No team is the teams of the 70s anymore. No. They're no. not the Raiders of the 80s. And, you know, it's just – uh, but I'm I'm still going to be that fan because in 1978, when I saw you know when I saw the, the first game on television, and my mom goes, "That's your team, baby," because you were born in California, so that's your team. And from that day on, that's been my team, regardless of how well they do, shit high, whatever low. I follow them, I love them. It's my spot. I also follow yeah. the Ravens because you know I grew up in Baltimore, so you know. And they came the closest to being the Raiders when they had uh, that uh, murdering guy uh, Ray Lewis on their team. <laughs> <laughs> Think about this. Think about how badass of a linebacker you are when you've murdered people and that you're running back on the other side. You're like, oh shit, he could actually kill me in the pile. You know, that's some terrifying stuff. You have legit criminals. Now, don't get me wrong. The Raiders, we have our criminals too, but they're more, you know, I'm going to drive 140 miles an hour in my $200,000 car. Yeah, you know, or, or, or my brother's a thug and he's going to get capped. But other than that, come on, man, they're not hard anymore. There's no, there's no. Yeah. There's the, maybe a hundred players in the NFL there that, that could have man, maybe less. There's about 50 players in the NFL today that would have would have been a badass in the 70s. Otherwise, the rest of them would have got their fucking lunch ate, dude. Are our, our Packers seem to do the well, same they, thing? Pull that shit they pull now with like somebody like Jack Lambert on the field. I like to see that. Lyle Azadel. Lyle Azadel. Snapped. Number two Zach would have snapped him and had it and ate him. And then went on to the Muppet Show and, and, and do his thing. You know? Come yeah. On, get out of here. Right. Yeah. You don't have that no more. No. No, Howie Long apparently was one of the dirtiest defensive ends in the league. And, and you can tell because of Firestorm. This is what I, this is what I like. One of the very first <laughs> oh, interviews wow. Howie Long had when he got picked up as the Raiders. They came in. They were like, they didn't test my vertical. They didn't test my bench press. They didn't care how fast I run. They gave me a helmet and said, you're playing defensive line. Go fuck shit up. Yeah. That's it, period. Yeah. Do yeah. your thing. We're paying you to go out there and bust heads, and that's what he did. He busted us with this dope ass flat top that he had back in the day. He definitely, he definitely ruined an awful lot of stuff. Like you know, the movies for me after Firestorm. I don't know why there isn't Firestorm too, because his acting Firestorm was definitely was right, definitely <laughs> subpar. You know, the aftermath coming from the ashes. How long is players though? You know, I think John Matuzak was probably the best actor. Of, of everybody who stepped on on camera after that i think yeah john matuzak uh i mean what was him, he in you know, what was he in goonies right what yeah. about uh webster's dad remember yeah yeah he webster's was dad. Though, wasn't he yeah 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 but I, I thought for some reason i thought he played mostly for the lions or something like that did he play for the lions i, I can't remember it's been a minute but yeah yeah i mean like uh, but still uh i mean I, I don't think webster was that great of a show honestly <laughs> I mean, I mean, none of, none Alex of those shows. Were, were it like, was, those, it was, Alex and the other one were basically the, the, the newest form of black exploitation shows. It was, it was That's a documentary. It. it was a documentary series about Kyler Murray. 
Oh my God. Was it Alex Karras? <laughs> the, the Webster dad's name was Alex Karras. Karras yeah. Oh, okay. Never he was mind. really good in uh, but Karras was really, really good in uh Blazing Saddles. Right. He was Mongo. Right. Mongo, baby. Come I on. Think Mongo? Though, he killed Mongo. He destroyed he was awesome as Mongo. I, I think though Mongo like candy. The best football actor would have to be Terry Bradshaw in the Cannibal Run series. Oh God! Please, <laughs> <laughs> Remember Absolutely. him? Remember him? And he had uh, who was the? Uh, it was a country singer. Uh, oh, I remember. Oh. I remember. My one of favorite was Jaws, uh, and um, Jackie Chan were teamed up. That might have been my favorite team of all time. Or right. when the guy from Mash played the Arab, they kept hiring people as his driver. Right. Right. And, uh, and Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr. I think it was from uh, anyway, any which way but loose. Yes. Was that Jamie, orangutan was a damn good actor? That yes, he had range. He, he had, had range. I mean, anyway, and then driving a cattle. Come on. <laughs> that champ, that that orangutan could act. <laughs> he definitely he had range, let me tell you. But Terry Bradshaw and that country singer, you know, and I can't even remember who it was, but he was the guy that was stuttering all the time, remember? Yeah, yeah, like that guy was that guy was great. But uh, do you remember Terry Bradshaw's albums? No, did he have albums? Oh yeah. Oh, why did they convince these guys that they can sing? Go Google some Terry Bradshaw records. Why did they convince these guys they can sing? I always blame I blame David Hasselhoff for that. Oh, the Hoff. The Hoff though was he was huge in Germany. Like he would just get on a stage in Germany, and women were just that's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy, right? Men wanted to be him. Women wanted to be with him, and bisexuals wanted to watch. Right? Like it yeah, was. Hoff was the juice, man. <laughs> yeah, he was. Even even his video of him being drunk on the bathroom floor eating the burger was really? like thirty million views in yeah, Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an, art, he's, an, he's an artist. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. And that's another thing. I was like, he became so famous that he played himself in most movies. Yes. He just yeah. said, well, you know what? We're just gonna have you. You just be you. Be the yeah. half and come in and, and we're set. That's all he just, did. He just had to just be gonna himself. phone it in. Just gonna yeah, phone I, it in. I watched the very <laughs> first episode because Knight Rider's obviously like I was like, oh shit, I need to see Knight Rider. And I saw the pilot for Knight Rider. And what's funny was the original pilot, uh, Michael Knight was gonna be this other actor. So they started with him in the show, and the reason that they caused that like accident was to get rid of that other actor and put in the half. Like when he took off the bandages and they say, you're not going to look like you, but it's the original actor didn't have like the chops or whatever it was. And then David Hasselhoff said, yes. So that's how they got rid of the original Michael well, Knight and the brought him in. pilot for Star yeah. Trek? There's yes. There's only one original cast member in the pilot and that's Spock. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else was yeah. chop, 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 replace. That's, that's Canada though, right? That's, that's Canadian television. That's what they do. <laughs> They quickly, like, we're, we're, we've got no attention span whatsoever. They're like, nope, not that guy. Nope, not that guy. He hasn't even spoke yet. Not that guy. Not, nope, not that guy. <coughs> like, yeah, yeah, we haven't even seen him act. Not that guy. Not that we guy. want somebody who's going to over-accentuate everything. Spot. But, I do, but that's right now. about pilots, though. I've been in seven pilots, bro. And none of them, have, you know, that have not been picked up. That's, so, you know, I mean, that's, that's a different that's, meaning. That's what it is. It's a pilot, man. It, it, they don't pay much. You get in there and you just hope. And then there's a the thing, because even if the pilot does get picked up, there is absolutely zero guarantee that they're going to keep you at all. 
Yeah. They're just seeing the concept of the show. Then they're like, oh, we have these people that we're already going to hire. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're just there. To, basically, you're a stand-in. A, a place guard holder. Yes. For wh whoever actor they're waiting to finish whatever they're working on. That's all it is. Oh, there you go. There's your new tagline. TJ Williams, place called holder actor. <laughs> stand-in, actually. It's funny. You know what's funny? I've been stand-in on um, Pawn Stars twice, right? What? Yeah, yeah. So they, they hit me up. They hit I get hit up by a casting agent on Wednesday. Like, hey, man, Pawn Stars looks for a stand -in. I was like, cool. You know, I've stood, it, I've stood in twice for these guys. And then Friday, like, uh, they wanted somebody else. Oh, the fuck, dude? Why'd you the fucking fuck? call me? Why'd it's a stand-in, dude. It's a stand-in. It, it, it should be a go. You've done this before. Hell, I've been, I've even done stunt work for teaching uh, Chumley how to fall out of a chair so he doesn't get hurt. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, I've, I've been stunt coordinator on a freaking Pawn Stars episode. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, my brother went into because you know, it, it, back when it was really big, my brother went into Pawn Stars and he was like, "Let me take a look at this place." And it's nothing like a pawn shop. They've got T-shirts of Chumley and everybody else. They've got magnets well, and where they shoot the show and yeah. where customers actually come in are completely two different locations in the store. Yeah, yeah. You have the set, which has like a bunch of cool shit in there, you know, blah blah blah. And then you have, hey, everybody who watches the show, here's what we're giving you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Buy our shirts. Buy our stuff. That's it. Yeah. Merch. Yeah, that's what we do too. In the back, in the back, it's it's got its own separate location. It's that's what we do too. We put all the good stuff up front. Great crafties, craft services. They do a great job, and some of the best coffee in uh, Vegas. Oh wow! Okay, heads up. There you go. Yeah, there man. you go. That's that's the main reason why I like working there. Is like I know I'm gonna have five cups of some amazing coffee, and the crafties services is great. Catering's good, and I'm gonna eat all day. Mental note: If yeah. you're looking for good coffee. <laughs> Bro, craft services. Oh, that, that, that's how, you know, for a, most of the shows, that's how I judge them. How good is your coffee and how good is your crafties? Because if I'm going to be sitting around all day, y'all better have some damn snacks. <laughs> like, for real. Like, this last Netflix show I did, oh, bro, worst crafties. And that's another thing. Every time I've worked for Netflix. Really? A thumbs down for the craft yeah, services. I have not been impressed with the Netflix production yet. Really? Yeah, seriously, bro. Not impressed. Step your but game up, Hulu, Netflix. Hulu treats you better than Netflix does. Whoa! <laughs> what? Yeah. Hulu. Okay. I've been. A, I've done. I've done one Hulu gig. They had an after party, live with live everything. Just people coming. It was a huge thing. Hotel room for three nights. Just this brew. Just you need food. You need this. You need to get driven somewhere. What do you need? We got you. An experience. <clears throat> and then you go to Netflix. Netflix, you got to fill out four thousand pieces of paperwork, and then you don't even get credited for anything. Uh, shitty craft services. Uh, yeah, and you're just like, well, at least the check, you know, at least the check clear. Is what I've noticed with Netflix so far. Wow, Netflix, step step your game up. You heard it here first. Seriously, folks. Yeah, seriously. Breaking like, news. There's a lot of there's Terrible. a lot of there's a lot of, uh, of production companies that I've worked for here in Vegas, and after, and like after the first day, I'm like, wow, if they call me back, I'm gonna say that I have a family emergency because I don't want to work for you. So, so we could we blame bag productions here, man. Like for real, we could blame the terrible performance by Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart in that latest Netflix movie. Then on craft services, you, you probably could. They probably wanted some really good coffee. And they're like, what is this watered down? Shizer? Yeah. Phone this fucker I, in I didn't, and I didn't let's order get a out. Cafe. I wanted some Starbucks. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> My name's Kevin Hart. Damn it. 
Well, Kevin Hart, <laughs> Kevin Hart is now playing that same exact role in every single movie. He's going to start getting typecast in that same He's kind of role. It in. He's like I said, once a lot of these, it happens to a lot, just like with the athletes, just like with actors, they get to a certain point in their career and it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm Kevin, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. See, and as Robin long as Williams, they have everything in their trailer when they get there. Robin Williams talked about that a lot. He was like, I like doing the comedy movies but i really want to do more dramatic acting and they and he wouldn't get a chance wouldn't get a chance and then all of a sudden he did uh, awakenings with robert de niro and then all of a sudden it was like wait a second robin can really Jerry. act they yeah. like, unless he's going i'm Byron marshallville they weren't giving him a shot but then he does something serious You're like oh shit no the kid can act yeah he's, he's not just a comedian he's a legit actor and i think a lot of comedians get that bad rap is because they get stuck in there like you can only do funny and we're only going to hire you for funny but some of these guys have range and they're legit actors not saying that they start off as legit actors but they're probably taking acting class they're learning as they go they're professional they're you know they're smart but then they get to a point like you know if you're just going to keep putting me in the same goddamn role and you're going to keep paying me a million bucks a pop doing it. hey i'll phone it in whatever man cool dude you know if you guys remember uh their motivation you get Remember when Carrot Top, who was like super ripped, tried to make it the switch from comedy to whatever movie or show he came on and he was like this huge ripped redhead dude. And I'm like, yeah, he has a range, comedy, buddy. He has a range. He has a box of props and that's where he should stay. Box of props, yeah. lots of steroids. Box of props, lots of steroids. You're good to go. Clearly the steroids, his head is starting to look like a Mardi Gras float. Well, also, it looks like he's also had way too much filler. Yeah. And I see yeah. that with a lot of people. Is they and then, the thing the problem is I think you know what this happens they go in they go you know what I need a little bit of fill under my eyes they get that done and they go oh shit I've gotten too much now I got to bring my cheeks up oh damn my cheeks are too high I got to bring my jaw up more oh no my jaw's out too far now I got to do something with my forehead oh no now they're back to the nose and you're like dude now you look like a fucking lion yeah there's something you, like yeah. you don't even look human anymore yeah because these cheekbones they got these cheekbones that are way 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 and you're like dude that doesn't even look natural all right question for you guys worst public figure just accidental face that they did to themselves who's the worst mickey rourke mickey rourke i think famka johnson comes to mind for me famka is pretty messed up but mickey rourke completely he had such a smaller and more delicate features remember when he did nine and a half weeks in the earlier movies i mean if you haven't seen nine and a half weeks plug that in there and watch it with the old lady tonight trust me you'll oh, no, i see it 100 Right. But uh, uh, he went and got that. Now he's got this monstrous jaw. He's got this huge long face. He looks like uh, who was the guy from McDonald's that used to, uh, he was the moon that used to put the glasses on and sing. It's he a looks like that guy. <laughs> exactly. He looks like that guy now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay like, Leno. He looks like Thanos. Like yeah, he yeah. turned himself from Mickey no, like Rourke. When, he, to when Mickey Rourke made his comeback and did The Wrestler. And he was all busted up and old. I was like, dude, you look great for this part. Run yes. with it. Keep that going. But then yeah. they get this, all this filler, man. They get a little too crazy yeah. with the shit. I understand. I get it, man. You know, you want to dab a little here. You want to dab a little here. Whatever, whatever. Like like, like Tom Ham. Look at Tom Ham now. He looks great. He got it just as much. And I know his name is John Ham, but, you know, the commercial is yeah. John, Tom Ham. Uh, yeah. He had just the right amount of surgery done. His face isn't yeah. all bloated out. He just got everything smoothed down. Looks good. Little, little shot here, here, and there fine but these people are getting this massive they're like pulling these cheeks that do not look natural you don't even look human anymore it's yeah. like some kind of weird half-breed halfling thing that we're, we're doing now with all this fucking plastic they're putting in their face well and, and and they're getting these butt enhancements 
that, oh, that, that's the one. And you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that's a very, you know, attractive woman right there. And then they pan down and you're like, why is she towing a trailer? Here, here's like, the, look. the thing is, these <laughs> girls, when these girls get these uh, Brazilian butt lifts, the problem is, is you can tell the girls don't do any leg work. So you have yeah. no hamstring. Yeah. You got this leg that's this big and you put this ass like that on it. And now you look like a fucking Oompa Loompa. Because <laughs> here's my thing. The Kardashian women from the neck up are absolutely gorgeous. Drop yeah. dead gorgeous. But from the belly button down, they look like something out of a really bad Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. For real. Yeah. They don't look human yeah. anymore. Their ass, I don't even know what the hell's going on there. Because if you have a giant ass and you have no hamstrings, you look like you took um, any a uh, potato and you put it on a toothpick. And yeah. It's terrible. Dude, it looks I mean, fucking atrocious. I'm the other way around. I have giant hamstrings and no ass. Yeah. <laughs> See? You gotta get you a BBL, man. <laughs> we'll suck all the fat out and put it right in your yeah. ass. They take it right out of your forehead and they put it right in your ass. Oh, now. Yes. Just bam. <laughs> bam. <laughs> See, and all I had to do was just uh, eat more donuts and suddenly See, I got thing. my this, ass. And this is the thing I, I, I hate about that with the booty. I understand getting your breasts done. You can't make your breasts grow. Even women, larger women who have higher fat content, some don't, don't have breasts, even though breasts is fat tissue, right? So I understand yeah. you get breast augmentation to make yourself feel better. I get it. I understand. Or the reduction, whatever. Or, or, yeah. Whatever you got to do. Make yeah. yourself feel better. But the thing about the ass, the glute, it is the largest muscle in the body. If all you did was squat, do some squats, your ass will grow. Yeah. You don't need to put all this fat in there and then look dumb because you don't do any leg work at all. If you're skipping leg day, don't get your ass done because you look dumb. Yeah. My yep. personal opinion. It looks stupid. There you go. There, that actually makes message, a lot of sense. You look at pictures of my wife. You look at pictures of my wife. My wife got a big old fat ass and beautiful hamstrings. I mean, she, she trains her legs. She busts her I love. Her what's leg. your favorite part of a woman? I love hamstrings. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a button leg guy. I love, I'm, I love that, man. Uh, I'm my, a wrist guy. My old school thing I used to guy. tell people all the time, and I still feel this way. <laughs> when it comes to breasts, it's like, uh, it's like a, if I have a, Merce a Mercedes Benz AMG, right? Do I have to put 24 inch rims on it? No, because it's already a Mercedes Benz. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm like, with, with, with breasts, I'm like a Chinese food. It, it, all of it's good. All of it's good. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm a no, leg just, guy. It's not my thing. If you, you have nice like, breasts, great. Like, if you have small breasts, great. I don't yeah. care. It's not my thing. L McPherson booty 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 is my thing. You remember L McPherson? She was like yeah. six foot tall and five feet of it was legs. That's yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, legs. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Gal Gadot. Okay. Gal Gadot. No, 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 and no butt on the the no. back when girls used to work out or or do a bunch yeah. of cocaine and uh and champagne. That's hey, and <laughs> that was my diet throughout the nineties. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that was my diet in the nineties. <laughs> cocaine and champagne that's what it's what's it going to be this morning matt well i'm going to wash it down a little <laughs> oh wait we now go eggs and toast oh uh, yeah now i got to make sure i get my protein i got to get my vitamin c in there oh yeah oh yeah maybe you know i found a uh, a new diet uh, trick i don't know if you've tried this yet it especially works if you're over 40 it's called drinking milk all you have to do is have a glass of milk and Suddenly, you lose like eight pounds about an hour later. 
Yeah, you're <laughs> shooting your brains out. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know what's funny? When I was a kid, man, I would drink a gallon of milk a day. Yeah. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. You know, drink your milk, drink your milk, drink your milk. But uh, after the age of thirty, yeah. See, and my kids have all got the really good cereals, right? And so we've got the Lucky Charms, and we've got the, you know, the Boo Berries, and all of this cool stuff. And I'm staring at it in the cupboard, like just one bowl. So I broke down the other day, and I'm like, I gotta have this. I've been, I've been I bought this for my kid for the last two years. I've never had a bowl. I'm having a bowl of it. I sit down. It's it's a Boo Berry uh, Count. Uh, yeah, not Count Chocolate Frankenberry Boo Berry. Frankenberry. That's too. it. Yeah. Yeah. That Frankenberry. I oh, have yeah. a bowl of this and I'm like, that tasted just like I remember. It was awesome. An hour later, I am in the shopping center with my wife. We are getting groceries. My stomach says two minutes. I look at my wife. I go, we, we got to hurry. We got to hurry. Whatever it is you need to buy, it goes in the cart now as I go to the uh, go to the yeah. cashier. We need to get out now. And yeah. she just laughed. And I she won't even chance it, man. Like, seriously, I won't even get ice cream anymore. It's not even worth it. Yep. That's where, if, I, if I need it, I'll get some frozen yogurt, you know, whatever, dude. And if I'm going to drink, if I want to have cereal, which I do occasionally, almond milk. Because here's the thing about almond milk. It can sit in my fridge for 400 years. Yeah. And it's not going to go back. If I don't drink that vitamin D milk in three days, it's gone. It's yeah. turned into something else. Yeah. You, you know, know it's not using almond milk in our house because of the thickness of it. Like the consistency di is different. Because well, I like vitamin D. I like my milk. I like the thicker milk. Oh yeah, and we yeah. went oat so milk. We do oat milk here, or we just do lactose-free milk here. And the lactose-free milk is water, but at least it looks like milk. Who 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 thought of milking an almond? That's my question, right? Like, how hey, long? If it's got if it's got nipples, could you milk it, Greg? How, how many almonds do you have to milk to get a carton? There are thousands of wasted almonds just in a pile somewhere. Like a snake bite. Like yeah, a snake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how like they really out. get it out. That's what they don't show you at the factory. Yeah. All so, guys... Matt, your your brain went to a snake bite. My brain went to trying to suck gasoline out of, out of a hose to get it started into the <laughs> Canadian American. <laughs> For me, it was, oh, I need to get some gas in this sucker. Stick that fucking green hose in there. Suck on it until it starts coming out. Spit out the, the, the gasoline while you fill up the, the receptacle on the side. Good God, why the fuck? Like, that, that's, I'm, thanks, Dad, for teaching me how to get gas out of a car. Yeah, I'm ready for when the zombies come to fill my car up. <laughs> that's, you know Honestly, what? This, though, is... this, this, this planet could use a zombie apocalypse. Just, just for a little while. Throwing that out there, just for a bit. Yeah. 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 Let's start with Republicans. Well, here's the thing. As long as you don't start it, no, here's, the, no, no, here's the thing. If you start a zombie apocalypse in a red state, it's not going to last long. Too many guns. Um, I don't know, man. Just, no, if you I start a zombie apocalypse know. in Vegas, Arizona, or New Mexico, the zombies would last about 12 seconds. I don't know. You know what? All with of these Dakota gun City, owners. Everybody's packing, dude. All of these gun owners have been waiting for that tyrannical overtaking of the government, and it happened on January 6th, but nobody went running to the Capitol. I don't know. I've just Everything put that the out Capitol there. Everything was, was a work. That was all a fucking work. The WWE seems less fake than the Capitol. Right? Right? I was waiting for this man to out. jump out and start hitting people with steel chairs. It was that lame. I'm like, dude, this is, this is, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. This is so fake. 
I don't even I don't even know where to go with this. This is so bad. Every they basically everything that happened on The Simpsons, they put the same fucking wardrobe right. on and right. went right in there. You're like, dude, come on, really? I, I we think Matt so Groening. So we trash. think Matt Groening has been allowed to travel forward in time. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. he's probably he probably got a quantum computer at the house, you know. He, I'm he, positive he probably he found was it a, right the next Illuminati to or whoever it is. He was assigned with time travel it's, and be responsible with it. It's yeah. the Pentaveret. Yeah. The Queen, the Vatican, the President, the Pope, and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to quote the late great Colonel Sanders in, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect time right here. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll uh, come right back after the break with our uh, injury report from around the league. Brand new segment for Packers Without Borders from Dr. Deepak. He is a uh, MD, uh, sports uh, a scientist, a doctor, uh, credited from Harvard, and uh, he's got his own sports analytics. Uh, he'll explain that to you on this uh, segment. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Thank you for listening to Packers without borders. You can find us on iTunes. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Also, you can find our merch on PackersWithoutBorders.MyShopify.com and TeePublic if you want cups, mugs, and those types of things. You can also visit us on Patreon.com front slash PackersWithoutBorders and give us some money. And AudibleTrial.com front slash PackersWithoutBorders. Give them a click. Check them out. Try that 30-day free trial with them and enjoy your books. You can also use coupon code DOSPAPAS for all your Manscaped products. Peace and go Pack Go! When I left your house this morning, it was a little This is Yura. Jimmy Cheesebutt. TJ Williams. Doran Stortigan. Shelly. It's Reed. Randy McGray. Peter Nebels. It's Mick. Alex Brown. Matt Stevenson. What's up? Matt Ramage. Andrew Falk. Matt Kuhneman. It's Eric. Bruce Banker. Matt. Matt Fraley. Chris. Chris McLeod. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Luke Song. Kristen. Kimmy. Coach Hahn. Colton Moore. Dave Robbins. Kermit the Frog. Kelly Bruner. Eric. Luke Song. Jeremy. Jimmy Cheesebutt. Young Bales of Hay. Guys, tune in. Great show. It's not just about football. I'll find a What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Now, we got a ton of injuries for week two, so let's dive right in, starting with DeAndre Swift. He's questionable with an ankle sprain, but we'd highly expect Swift to play. Even though he misses, missed some practice time this week, low ankle sprains don't typically hurt running back performance on the stat sheet, so I'd plan to start Swift if he's on my roster. Next up, J.K. Dobbins. Really rooting for Dobbins off the big ACL plus LCL injury. This is looking like the week for him to return, and we're but we're avoiding him in all formats because you'd really expect a progressive type of ramp up in his workload. Otherwise, you risk seeing what happened to Chris Godwin pulling a hamstring last Sunday. 
Our database projects the workload limits to come off by about week six and Dobbins to look like 85% of his peak self by about week nine. So just have some patience here. He may be useful soon. Next up, Kenneth Walker. He's very likely to play and he's also likely to be a high percentage of what he was pre-injury. Abdominal and hernia-like groin procedures don't really result in much of a performance dip. So the main question here is opportunity. I am encouraged that he'll be startable in the coming weeks once we have a better sense of what his role is going to be in this offense. Next, Mike Evans. Very high likelihood that Evans plays. He's commonly been seen on the injury report, but he's generally able to perform pretty well. Cap injuries do have a minor drop on wide receiver performance, tend to be about 10% decrease. But his playing style as an imposing physical wide receiver should help resist that trend. Starting Michael Mike Evans with confidence this week. Next up, Najee Harris. Harris is off the injury report, but even before the week one incident, Najee's original Liz Frank foot sprain was still projected to be affecting his performance until about week three. Now I expect him to play, but I do expect a production dip and an elevated re-injury risk. It wouldn't be that surprising to see Jalen Warren getting few extra touches out of the Steelers' backfield this weekend. Next, Alvin Kamara. He's in my own fantasy team and he's battling a rib injury that has kept him out of practice twice this week. Kamara still has a chance to play Sunday though. The injury is all about pain control, so if he's still able to get on the field, data suggests his performance shouldn't be heavily impacted, but be warned one big hit could significantly worsen this injury, so it's not really safe to bank on that typical Kamara production. I'm avoiding him in DFS, but keep a close eye on pregame inactive list and have a backup plan ready on your redraft rosters in the probably over 50% chance that he doesn't play. Next, Michael Pittman. Now, Coach Frank Reich sounds like Michael Pittman is going to play, but I am doing my best to avoid starting him. Quad strains less than a week out from injury for wide receivers do tend to cause decreases in production and have high rates of re-injury. If he's on your year-long roster, you probably don't have a lot of better options, but for DFS, I'm going to pass this week. Next, Justin Herbert. Now, fractured rib cartilage is super painful, but it's not dangerous to play through. The key here is pain control. The average time missed is about two weeks, but hugely working in his favor is the 10-day recovery period that he'll have between injury and week three. Herbert will likely try a numbing injection to help get through this, We'll have to monitor practice reports closely this coming week, but at this point, I would anticipate a good chance of Justin Herbert playing week three. Next, Chris Godwin. The average hamstring strain takes wide receivers three weeks to return, but given that Chris Godwin just came off that ACL, I would expect them to take it slowly. It's possible that rushing back is what predisposed him to the hamstring strain to begin with. Now, I'm projecting return to the field around week five or six, but he should return at close to his pre-injury performance levels. And by the end of the season, Godwin is likely on track to look like a wide receiver one or two. Next up, T. Higgins, nothing but good news here. Expect T. Higgins to play without restrictions. Wide receivers coming off of concussions tend to bounce right back to their pre-injury form. So I'm starting Higgins with confidence anywhere I have. Next, Jameis Winston. Quarterbacks have high rates of playing through back injuries, even when they're listed as questionable or limited in practice as Jameis has been this week. I would expect Jameis to be out there and to look mostly like his pre-injury self. Do keep in mind though that a big hit here could make this situation a lot worse. Next, Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones saying Dak may come back from thumb surgery on his throwing hand in four weeks 
feels downright outlandish. Aggressive return timelines are still five to six weeks, and that's how long Drew Brees took. Anticipate week seven or eight for Prescott's return, with him probably not being full strength until their week 10 showdown with the Packers. Next up, Julio Jones. No stranger to the injury report, but returning practice Friday is a good sign that Jones will suit up. He's often been injured, but we'd be more concerned if he was battling a hamstring strain, which is what kept him out the last two years. This status needs monitoring on the pregame reports, as we could get surprised, but I would lean towards Julio being available at close to normal performance level. Next, Keenan Allen. As expected, Allen missed week two with a hamstring strain. The average hamstring takes about three weeks for wide receivers, but we're hearing his described as mild. Therefore, we'd project a week three return at 90% of pre-injury performance levels. There's about a 20% re-aggravation rate for wide receivers in the first few weeks back, but as long as he avoids that risk, then he should be fine to return to your starting lineups pretty much right away. Next, Leonard Fournette. Fournette, another buck who is no stranger to the injury report, but this time I'd also expect him to play. There's a relatively high re-aggravation rate for hamstrings only one week after injury, so buyer beware a little bit. But three limited practices in a row this week suggest to me that Fournette is on track for a nearly normal workload. Next, Giants wide receiver Kadarius Toney. Re-aggravation of a training camp hamstring strain does not sound promising here. He's a true game time decision, but I'd lean towards benching him in your fantasy lineups either way, given that this injury just occurred on Thursday in practice. More likely expecting him to play week three, but still only at about 80 to 90% of his pre-injury level. Next, Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson. Really had an emerging year last year and figured to be a good fit in the promising offensive role with Robert Woods now gone, as well as OBJ. But Van Jefferson still is out of practice. McVay is calling him week to week. Now, he doesn't look like he'll be on the field very soon. It's not totally surprising given that he had two off-season knee surgeries, but with the latest one being during training camp. He's probably still worth a buy low stash for later if you have an empty IR slot especially, but I wouldn't be looking for him to play really at all before week 5 or 6. Next, Mark Ingram. Running back for the New Orleans Saints has limited, been limited in practice all week with an ankle issue, but Ingram is very likely to play. Running backs don't tend to miss games for low ankle sprains, and they also don't generally cause much of a performance decline in running backs either. Now, especially if Alvin Kamara is out, you gotta like Mark Ingram to have a big week, possibly a DFS value here. Next up, Wandale Robinson, the Giants wide receiver. Robinson has been ruled out, didn't practice at all this week. That suggests that Coach Dable and the Giants have been less than totally forthcoming about the seriousness of his injury. Most knee sprains for wide receivers take about three weeks, so I'd be looking for Robinson back on the practice field late next week or the week after in probably a limited capacity to start. Next up, Dontrell Hilliard, running back for the Titans. He's listed as questionable, but I'd lean heavily towards him sitting this week. Hamstrings for running backs usually progress through about three limited practice before they take the field, so look for week three to four as the more likely return. Next up, my Houston Texans, tight end Brevin Jordan. I'd lean towards him playing through his current ankle injury, but he's a case where you'll need to watch the pregame reports in order to know for sure. If he's out there, don't expect too much impact by the injury on his performance. And that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Deepak Chona. Hit me up on Twitter at SportMDAnalysis, Instagram at SportsMedAnalytics for more content like this.
Okay. So, okay, so what, what show? I'm going to go back and remake a bunch yeah. of shit. Yeah. Me personally, I would love to remake all of those great Chuck Norris flicks. Like Lone Wolf McQuaid, The Octagon, Good Guys Wear Black. That would be fun to put a modern day spin on those with that. Because check it out. You know, I could be his grandson. I'm a marshal out in Las Vegas. You bring in Chuck Norris. We're going to get fans. We do some of the same fight scenes a little bit. What, what? I think that would be dope. Everybody loves Chuck Norris. Why doesn't Chuck Norris, why doesn't Chuck Norris on anything? He's an icon. Well, he is. He is, but all you see, you see him once on a freaking, uh, what's that one with the, um, where everybody wears the pins? Or the sidekicks. No, no, sidekicks. No, 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 no. You're no, going to remake uh, sidekicks. The guy who's 900 years old, but still takes all the steroids. Sylvester Stallone. What's that? The Expendables. Sorry. The Expendables. <laughs> he does it's not 900. He does, a, he does 900 shots of Botox. And then yeah. That's, that's why I got down. my 900. 900 milligrams of testosterone. Yeah. I forgot what it was. Right? It's just human growth <laughs> hormone. It's okay. Rocky likes the human. Who keeps ringing yeah, that bell? It's, 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 it's just GH. It's just GH and stem cells. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, it's we get it from a gorilla. So it's it's really Fun close. Thing. It's, it's really not close. from the babies. It's not from my babies, so it's okay. With all the movie magic, it's hard to imagine how short Sylvester Stallone is. I mean, it's incredible that he's only two foot four. Yeah, yeah. And yet, he's as tall as Dolph Lundgren in the movie. I'm blown away. Weird, right? It's like, it's like the original Lord of the Rings. Right? <laughs> right? It's all angles, baby. It's all angles. He's standing on a box. There's a... I can't remember who I need five was. album boxes! I think it was... I think it was... Um, <laughs> Uh, Cameron Diaz and she did a movie with Tom Cruise called Night and Day and she said she kind of let something out and this is like Tom Cruise was super mad but she said it's weird kissing an actor who's standing on a box <laughs> I feel I feel you though man I, I you know it's you're you're you know you're a great actor you got the body you got a little bit of range and you're you're two foot six it's rough it's rough. It's it's you know it's he's got to jump up to punch me in the knee. So yes. you would redo all of the Chuck Norris movies, including Sidekicks or not Sidekicks? No, no, no. Like the like the, the the see, I like the old school badass dude who just comes in a wreck shop. He doesn't care about anybody's feelings. Uh, he's not here to make you feel better what about, about yourself. What about Cobra? He's in there to wreck shit. Cobra? You talking about with Sylvester Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> I love those those old terrible those movies, movies. Are great. Those are the best. That's why, right, like, like with like what we're doing with uh with Red Sands, it's we're doing old school shoot 'em up. We're not here to apologize for anything. We're here to kill people, dude. We're ki- we're blowing people up. We're killing them with shotguns. We're shooting them in the head. We're having good old school '80s fun time, murder time. It's great. I love it. You're you're the disease, and I'm the <laughs> cure. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. top top five. Hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm ask you guys a okay. question again that just popped okay. up into my head. So Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris? Oh, it's Bruce Lee. Well, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, what? As onset scenes, the way they acted on scene and what they did with their fight scenes, who had the better fight scenes, Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris? Bruce Lee. Uh, I Bruce would say Lee. Bruce because a lot of Bruce's fight scenes ended up being real. Yeah. Because people would test him. People would be on these sets and be like, fuck you, who are you? And then he yeah. would actually legitimately have to beat someone's ass. There's a there's a scene in he Fist was, he of was Fury. He was people up on set on purpose because he had to. They there's, a scene, there's a scene in Fist of Fury. I watched a documentary. And uh, there's a scene in Fist of Fury where he kicks this karate guy in the chest. And the guy like goes into a crowd of people. 
and now, breaks people's arms. Yeah, the guy, the impact was breaking people's arms as they were trying to catch him. And Bruce was trying to get this guy because the guy's supposed to like pick up a bottle or something, and he's supposed to come at Bruce. And Bruce kept getting cut because the guy yeah. wouldn't come at him. And Bruce was right. getting so and mad. He kicked this guy with his force. The guy lands like six feet later, and those people that caught him all broke their arms. Here's like, the best part. Bruce Lee weighed 125 pounds. The guy kicked was 200. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like People would come up to him daily on set and be like, you ain't real, you know, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, he's like, pop, 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 and you're, and you're out. And, I, and that and little I, dude would fuck you up. I know this has got to be true because I was at a barbecue. There was a, a hockey player that used to play for the Winnipeg Jets back in the early 90s. His name was Sean Cronin, and they called him Cronin the Barbarian because he was just a big thug, and all he really did was fight people, right? And so we're at a barbecue in the summertime. It's been the off season for a couple of months, and he shows up, and I'm like, holy crap, there's like Sean Cronin. Like, I, yeah. I got to talk to this guy, and his knuckles were just torn up. And I said, is that from like working out or something? And he goes, no, he goes, last night I went to Safeway. He goes and some fucking idiot in the parking lot. Doesn't think I can really fight. And he takes a poke at me. And before you know, it, I'm fighting this guy, I'm like, who in their right mind would walk up <laughs> to, no, to dude, somebody named you, when I was coaching at tap out. And we know we get all these 135 pounders in there who move lightning fast and who I've sparred with. And they're no joke, but I, you know, these military guys, I know who are like 180, 200, two, whatever. And they're always like, oh, man, I'd whoop that dude's ass. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. That 135-pound man would beat you down so fast you wouldn't know you were hit. Oh, and yeah. People run their mouths all the time because everybody thinks they're a tough guy until they actually meet a tough guy. Yeah. No, they – They. Uh, I've had a handful of people go, you know, have you ever been in a fight type day? And it's like, yeah, I, I've been in a handful of fights growing up. Unfortunately, I was in a bunch of fights. And they said, who was the toughest person? You know, was he a big guy? Was he, a, I said, I'll, t I'll tell you who it was. She was four foot 11 and she was maybe 80 pounds soaking wet, holding a brick, but she knew how to box and she worked the circle on me left to right. I mean, I wasn't going to throw because I was afraid I'd break her in half, but she literally lit me up from belly button to forehead over and over and over again to the point where I was actually laughing and I was getting beat so bad. <laughs> I, I just couldn't anything trying to block and wave my hands. Those people who are trained and perfect oh, that you cannot, they are waiting for you, the big dummy to, to walk do up something and go, stupid. Hey, here they, we go. They, you know, they train people are no joke, man. And the, the, I don't think people realize how fast they are. And not just the fact that they're incredibly quick and those punches, you're not even going to see them coming. Yeah. But the accuracy of where yeah. those punches land. They I, are it, trained to hit you in very specific places. And they're going to. And if you see, have not been hit there before or your mouth's open, you can hit in the jaw. Yeah. Right. That's a wrap. See, see to, uh, long story short, her, her and her boyfriend were kicked out of the bar. And about an hour later, I'm standing outside the bar and I'm, I'm, I, I was working right at the bar and I'm smoking a cigarette and her boyfriend walks up to me and he's got this, I'm going to punch this guy in the face type attitude. He throws a punch and he misses me as I step to the right. And I hammered him one time in the chin and he did like that nesty iced tea where the arms went, up plunge, and went straight back. Right. And so I got a little, I was like, okay, <clears throat> he hit his head pretty hard. I better make sure he's okay. And as I walked over to see if he was okay, his little four foot 11 girlfriend lit me up. Like there was no tomorrow. And I was moving my hands and moving my, and she would, she did not miss. She did not miss once. 
And I was laughing. My face was all swollen up. I had a cut lip and she was still going to town. I bet you it was probably a 30 second fight before one of the waitresses ran out and tackled her down to the ground. But she probably hit me 150 times. Like it, it I, used, I used to spar, spar with Paige Van Sant all the time. That girl's got hands, bro. Yeah. There's no joke. I, I People don't understand. When people train people, man, their size is not important at that point. When they're Absolutely. training, you're not. So top and, and five. About it. When they're fighting in the street, they don't have rules now. No. Nope. No. No. And that's kind of where I excel because I don't mind screaming. I am a hemophiliac. And when they turn their heads in disgust, I, you know, punch them in the throat and run away. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's I all good. It's a great, it's a great spot. You know, that's that's one of the first fights I ever got into. I remember telling my best friend, I can't believe the guy grabbed me by the nuts. And he said, I can't believe you did not grab him by the nuts first. He's like, what rules do you think people are playing on? I'm like, I thought that was kind of an unwritten. He's like, there are no unwritten pull hair, bite, scream, punch, whatever. If I I ever, God forbid, if I ever get into another fight in the streets, bro, it's I'm, I, I will, I will bite you. I will go for your eyes. I will kick you in the groin. I will curb stomp you. I don't care. I will stick my finger in your ear and try to make you go deaf. I don't care. You yeah. kid at me in the street. It's life or death. Period. And I'm See, not. And I, I used I will, to be I, that. I will, I will. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hurt somebody very, very, very bad. I used to be that guy that would wait for the first punch to be thrown, and after getting fucking smacked in the face first like a dozen times, now I'm not that guy. When you know it's gonna happen, I'm like whack. They're like, I can't believe you hit me. I'm like, I can't believe well, you stood like, there and let I, me do I it. Believe, I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Yeah. And I put that into the fighting fact. Like, you know how guys like to push and bump? As soon as you come into my zone yeah. with aggressiveness, I don't wait. I'm not waiting. I'm, go- I'm, I'm swinging. Or I'm throwing a kick. And I'm going to go for your knee. I'm going for your nuts. I'm not throwing some pretty-ass high kick. I'm going to punch you in the throat. I'm going to hit you in the nuts. I'm going for your nose. Ears and eyes. I'm not playing games. I'm not sitting there going, well, what's my con? No, I'm going to fucking come at you, bro. And if I yeah. get my hands on you, being a former judo guy, being a wrestler, being a jujitsu guy, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make, it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be. I'm all day. hyped up on Mountain Dew and I'm going to exactly. come at you like a spider, like a spider monkey. monkey. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll throw no, great my- balls, chips, medals off a bridge. My move, my move at my size was always side cup on the ears right on like right on the ears holes that you're standing there i just like hit them right on the side equilibrium wise and then i jump on their back and choke and fall on my back and just try to choke them out <clears throat> when i would go to a bar back in the day if somebody would come up to me this was my stance i stand a little bit sideways and i open my hands mm-hmm. first thing when you open your hands people go oh they don't want any trouble no i'm turning sideways because i'm going to use my body yeah because your power mm-hmm. comes from the ground the power's not on your wrist the power's not on your shoulder you drive from the ground so I, it's, it's called a combat slap. And I'm already in position to where I'm going to turn, and this cup is going right across the jawline and the ear. Yep. Equilibrium is going to go, and if your mouth's open, I'm going to break your jaw. Yep. It's that simple. That's and what there's they a little me. tiny nerve that runs in your jaw. And if you can get, if you can disturb that, you know, like the flash knockouts you see in the MMA all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because that little tiny nerve gets disturbed for a second, and they, you go out for a second. And, yeah. and now once, it, once it's injured one time, that starts to deteriorate that that, that that little nerve starts to deteriorate yeah. you end up like chuck liddell to where you take a jab and your ass is asleep because this does not this does not regenerate yeah once yeah. it's gone your jaw is glass and you're going to be glass forever yeah 
you get and, that a lot. And in, also, in they're football. all punch drunk too, and they probably have going to have Parkinson's and they everything else is going to happen to them. As so. soon as you have a major concussion, you're due Stop. for another major concussion right away. It yeah, it starts to snowball. I remember my oh, yeah. first one, my first year, and it took quite a bit. And then my second year, I was getting them a little bit more often. By my eighth year, I bumped my head trying to put my helmet on and be out for an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a grade three concussion, and it's it's like you you travel to another dimension. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and when you pop back in your alley, you're like, oh, my God, what just happened? What just happened? That's usually I, what, what just it, happened. It feels like a dream. Mm-hmm. I got lit up on a kickoff one time as I and, and did the one Worst thing you should football, never dude. do. Oh, the most yeah. dangerous part of football. I looked up for the ball to find out where the ball was, and that was my mistake. Never should have looked up for the ball. And this guy launched, and he lit me up. I remember seeing my feet in the air before I hit the ground. I, t- I, I took my helmet off, and my body just said, run, run. And I ran, and I sat down on the bench. And the horizon looked like a big tidal wave. Everything was different colors of green. There was no other color except green. Voices were like, I couldn't really hear. And then as it started to refocus and get back in, I realized I was sitting in the stands. (laughs) I wasn't even on the bench. Think about boxing, though, man. Think about this. You get brutally beat to the head, right? Yeah. And then the ref goes, you know what? Let's count to eight. You'll yeah. No, no. Are you effing kidding me, man? No. Get out of here. Get I got smoked here. in a pile one time, and I remember I, I kind of came to, and the ground was coming up at me. And I remember I was, <laughs> I was, I was pushing on the ground with all I could. And I couldn't understand why I was going to – the ground was going to smack me in the face. And there's a vi- there was a video. I don't know if I still have it downstairs. But there's a video of me grunting and groaning – it looks like I'm trying to do a push-up, and I'm like, yeah, so actually I perceived it as the ground was coming up at me, and I was trying to push it away from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've yeah. been so drunk that I've had to hold on to grass to keep them flying off the earth, so I, I Yeah, uh, yeah. And I've, been, and I've been so high that I had to hold on to grass <laughs> just because I was high. So top let's get to your five movies. Top five movies. Okay, top, top five, five movies in no particular order. <laughs> okay. Snatch. Okay, yeah, all right. Fight Club. Okay. Yo Jimbo. Yo Jimbo. What's that? I'll get to that. Hold on. Seven Samurai. Okay, I've seen the Samurai. And the original Willy Wonka. Okay, yeah, with Gene Wilder. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Yo Jimbo, you may recall, remember this as A Fistful of Dollars? Yes. That was the remake. And it was remade again with uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, what the hell was the name of that movie? Yeah, with uh, Christopher Walken. Yes, same movie. Yeah, Seven yeah. Samurai was made into the Magnificent Seven, which is made into the blah 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 blah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm a I'm a huge samurai fan. Uh, old school black and white samurai movies because mm-hmm. without them we wouldn't have any legit westerns. Yeah, for real. Every yeah. if you watch the original samurai flicks and you watch the greatest westerns, every single single one of them they were influenced. Watch uh, you guys watch the Mandalorian. They yeah. do scenes directly from exactly old from black and yeah. white samurai movies yeah yeah scene for scene yeah yeah the most influential movies there are but yeah those are my top five movies of all time no particular order if they're on or if i have nothing to do i would watch those films gene wilder the way he talked to those kids yeah i know the original it's... willy wonka <laughs> absolutely brilliant. the man the man looked like he was on shrooms yeah and he was just having a great day and he was living the life and he was quoting 
some amazing uh, uh, stuff from books that most people have never heard of. Yeah. And he just absolutely just killed it. And I yeah. lived the Fight Club life. So that I that movie just really resonates to me. The, the, the prostitutes and drugs? Uh, not so much. <laughs> no. Just that oh, okay. that, no, no. For a long, a long part of my life, up until I would say uh, probably the last, the last five and a half, six years, um, I was not the narrator of my life. Yeah. Tyler Durden, my alternate ego, my ego, the little me, ran everything. Yeah. And that was the problem. I had to kill Tyler Durden in order to become the narrator of my life again. And that's, why that, that's why that movie for me, it's that, that, that really resonates. I'm like, I understand. I remember. Get into that, man. Level. Get into that. So how, what is it? It's that inside voice that's controlling you that's doing, what is it that you did to get away from that? Because I'm sure a lot of people actually struggle with that piece of it, right? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, killing your ego, especially when, you know, that's your drive. It's an incredible, you, something really dramatic, I believe has to happen for you to actually, to take it out, to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, it was crazy. It was, uh, June 5th, uh, I think what five, six years ago, uh, I just tried something completely different in my life. And from that day forward, it was like rebuild, 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 rebuild. And I'm still just trying to, trying to, to get to the, to, you know, the, 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 I just, I'm trying to be like, you know, when you were a kid and there was a certain part, there was a certain, for me, it was like between the ages of eight to 12, I was happy every day of my life. I was thankful for everything I had. I was laughing all the time. Everything was great. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was just in the great mood. You know, it didn't matter what anybody said to me. It didn't matter what anybody else did. It didn't matter what was going on in the world. I was in my own place. I was happy. And that's been my goal of these last five to six years is like, how do I get myself to that place to where everything is just wonderful, man. Just like, you know what? And when I became Buddhist and I read this book and it was like, uh, it's about happiness. And it, would, it said, you know, no matter what happens in your life as a Buddhist, it's the greatest possible, it's the best thing that can happen to you. Yeah. And when you look at that things that way, it really changes your perspective on life and really changes what's really important to me. Well, for me it did. And so I, I try to look at it that way. And I also, another thing that I changed was it wasn't about, me what about the other people that are close to me in my life because the shit i'm doing is affecting them yeah. right and usually in a negative way because i'm doing negative shit to myself yeah so once i started to think about how does not just how does this affect me but how does it affect the people that i'd say that i love because if i truly love them i'm not going to put them through a world of shit yeah i need to walk away or not put them in a world of shit yeah and once i started getting that flip about how it's not about me the world does not arrive revolve around me like that like that one time that one family ties reminds me of michael keaton and he's like he he, he turns the tv off because somebody says you know the world's not about you and he turns it back on and he realized that the show is still playing regardless if he's watching it or not yeah it does not revolve around him and once yeah. i once you start realizing that that you are not the ever glowing thing of the world you are not the center of the universe you are but like you said earlier i'm just a little tiny grain of sand on a beach that is infinite. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So how can that, I be, so how can I be so caught up in myself? I, once I was able to get over that and then get rid of Tyler Durden, bro, life just got better. 
that, you know, that I, I kind of struggled with something similar. And I remember I, I went to my grandmother. My grandmother was a uh, reporter for the Minnesota Herald. She uh, in, she interviewed the Beatles when they came. She uh, had uh, over seven doctorates and PhDs. Uh, she constantly, up until um, until she got very sick in her 80s, she was still going to university every day and taking more and more classes. She wanted right. just to just submerse herself in all the knowledge. And I said to her, <clears throat> I'm having such a hard time. Everything, nothing's working out the way I want it to. I'm not happy. I'm this and that. I said, the universe is out to get me. And she smiled at me and she said, the universe isn't out to get you. She said, the universe has no idea who you are. You're an insignificant fleck in the universe's eyes. Why would it spend any time devoted to you? What kind of ego do you think you have that the universe would pay attention to you of all people. All people. And that that changed everything. Bruce is on mute and he's got some <laughs> questions. Yeah, no, it's just, I think everybody goes through that at some point in your life and you go, go about it a different way. Some people use religion, some people use, it doesn't matter. Like you find a way to, to find your center again. Like for me, the, the ego kind of disappeared for me when I did a retreat, but it was all about, you know, you go to this retreat to solve your problems and what you're dealing with. And when you sit up there and you listen to other people's stories, you realize that your problems are nowhere near as bad as that person's problems. So there's always somebody there that's worse off than you and appreciating where you are and what you have, as opposed to just thinking, oh, I'm being fucked constantly, or this is happening to me because of this. No, you taking what, what's yours because that belongs to you and you fix it. You do what you can control, but also come to the realization that there's always someone out there that's worse than you and appreciate where you are. And that's another thing is like, when you start to delve in things that you have absolutely no control over, you are wasting your energy and your time on something that is irrelevant. Here's yeah. my thing. The most, uh, how do I put this? The most valuable commodity that I have is time. Should be the most valuable commodity every human being has is time because you have no idea how much you have. So my thing is, why am I going to take my precious time that I have no idea how much I have of it and then put it towards something that is completely irrelevant to me? I need to be working on myself and the things that I can control. Everything else, you know what? The universe has is busy. Doesn't yeah. have time for just old me. So I think my responsibility is me. And if more people took responsibilities for their own shit and stopped saying, oh, it's I, I didn't get this because of that, or they don't like because of this, or it's, it's their fault. It's their, no, it's your fault. You are the only person that's in control of your life, but everybody's got to blame somebody. And that's a thing that I think most of the world has fallen in today. And, and everybody's like, oh, well, it's their fault. It's their fault. They're doing it. No, 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 no. Clean up the your only backyard. Don't worry about everybody else. Get your shit in order. The only Period. thing holding you back is you. Self. That's it. The biggest it. challenge, the biggest competitor. If you are not battling against yourself, you're losing. So I'm wondering as we get back onto uh, track, I'm wondering, uh, did you watch the Packers game versus uh, the Vikings or um, whatever you would like to call that extravaganza of a shit I was show? only able to catch one game this week, and that was the Thursday night game, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but uh, – no, I didn't get to see it. My my apologies on that. No I worries. Sunday, I don't have NFL Sunday ticket anymore, so I don't, you know. Oh, you got to get more acting jobs and afford it. Exactly. So that, that's it. That, seriously, <laughs> I do. And if I had more, if I had bigger and better gigs, I probably would have it. Oh, look at that. Bruce has got his man 
Manscaped package. We are officially sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped products from around the world. Please join us. I auditioned for them once. Did you? Yeah. We didn't have to audition. Basically, they all, came the tri- to us. all the trimmers, all the different trimmers <laughs> and all the stuff like that. I've had to do, you know, take the shirt off and do the audition. Oh, yeah, I've done all those. Yeah, <laughs> we awesome. Didn't, but we see, this thing, though, is if you notice, you watch all these commercials, none of those guys have tattoos. I've lost more gigs because of my tattoos than anything. I show up, they see tattoos, they go, hmm, sorry, thanks for stopping by. See, we didn't we didn't have to audition. They came to us and said, no, "That's beautiful. Uh, that's yeah. awesome." You oh guys, my god! You guys also have some. We just you know? talked about you. <laughs> I have I have a whole 119 subscribers. There you go, man. Hey, hey that's a lot more than we have. I only have 119 subscribers, but I appreciate the hell out of every one of them. That's a lot more than we have for YouTube subscribers, but we're, <clears> we're not we're not really on YouTube. We we have faces for radio, so we just hey. release the audio. You guys are doing your thing, and I have mad respect for that. I appreciate you, you, brother. So the Packers are playing uh, the Bears uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, Sunday night football. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, has uh, uh, reminded us that he owns the Bears. I believe his record against the Bears is 12 and 5. I thought it was like 116 and 2. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it, it feels like it. it the does, Bears fans, it I feel sorry for the Bears when they come up in there, man. <laughs> The Bears fans are like, remember when we beat them and they show a replay and then you listen to it and you're like, 2004. It's like, okay, so 18 oh, years ago. Go back to that right? season where they beat everybody about Miami. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The one year they were relevant, right? They've been Bears yeah. fans have been saying since 1986 it's going to be their year. So was that like the, 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 like for a team that you were like, wow, this is a team and it lasted one year? Yeah. You know, you were like, you're looking at this going, yo, these guys might have a dynasty. Like, they're, they're crushing. And then, wah, 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 wah. The egos. Egos. All egos. egos. The hangover. Egos. This <laughs> what have we been talking about this whole time? Exactly. Egos. Yeah. They the got Super that Bowl money hangover and all like, is real. You know, the Super Bowl hangover is real because these guys, oh, I made it. I'm the best. Now pay me. That's really what yeah. happened for Super That's Bowl it. team. They're, they're not interested oh. in long-term dynasties. Like, it takes a special kind of guy now in that to – take a pay cut or do whatever it is to keep the chemistry together and actually after go after championships. How many point. teams stay with one team? For, I mean, how many players stay with one team for a career now? It's, it's very rare. It doesn't happen. You know, it's very it rare. It doesn't happen. Aaron Rodgers is the only one so far and, and it's not over yet. Right. Yeah. You remember Peyton Manning, another team, Brett hey, Favre, you know, another team. Was, I was, I was impressed for how long he stayed with the Patriots though. I didn't I actually never thought he would leave. Right. When he, when he went over to Tampa, I was like, Whoa. But then you find out the background story that he was going to be traded and all of this other stuff and snatch it from underneath him. And, you know, seeing Aaron Rodgers going to finish his career and and you've got Mason Crosby as well on the same team, Mason Crosby, 20 years, same team. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, that's old school. I love that stuff. Yeah. Loyalty. Yeah. Loyalty. So predictions for Sunday night. Oh, uh, I think it's going to be uh, Packers uh, 43, uh, Bears uh, 11. <laughs> Love the accent. I went uh, 24 to 6. I think uh, we're going to blow them out, but uh, our offense still needs a little bit of work, especially without Devontae out there. We're going to see a couple of new contributors. I-, I see your defense scoring. Yeah. I see your defense scoring in yeah. this one. That's why I put the numbers so high. I, I see the defense uh, making making some plays and uh, putting some points on the board. 
Yeah, we need that. I, I'm going 17-7. Uh, um, I think it's going to be a closer closer game than most people think. I mean, it's still we're going to be in control the entire game, but they're going to be within striking distance the entire game because I don't think we're at that level yet where everything's clicking. I'm really happy that Clay Walker – is full go and a full participant because in that linebacker role and what he's going to be playing, Devondre is going to be able to focus on the middle of the field and do his thing. And we're going to have Kwai probably uh, spy Justin Fields a little bit because that's the only way that they're really going to hurt us is if yeah. he can run wild and buy time or run and just continue to get first downs and keep it close. I think that Kwai Walker is going to be a big addition this week. Now that he's got it, we see what he did last week. So, but I've got it 17, seven. I think we're, so you think they're going to play the defense a little bit more soft or do you think they're going to be blitzing their ass off yes <laughs> i think they're going to bring some, they're going to bring in some wrinkles in this one they're going to keep the same defense that they did last week a lot of it was blown coverages and we'll see i mean the big difference between last week that i'm going to see to this week is we only ran man 13% of the time or 17% of the time last week when we usually average about 25%. That's the change we're going to see. We're not going to see a drastic all of a sudden Jair over there. It's going to be within the norms of what this defense was supposed to fucking do and the guys need to execute. Yeah. So I just anticipate that it's going to be close um, just because I know that our defense is going to be there. Now, if Razul or somebody, you know, Stokes can play a little bit better and take and use that ball hawking, then we're Seven. talking about a six. And yeah, then you're talking about everybody does their role I, I i'm telling you man i see that i see that defense putting a whooping on them but if they but if they don't if they're back there like lackadaisical effing off you know checking out titties in the crowd there there's bulletin board that's material the key that's here. the key right there tj touched on the key right there do not be caught checking out titties in the crowd that i think right there no right at the top. Like a lot of players <laughs> they're so distracted man they're so distracted with things that aren't happening on the field yeah. that by the time they get to the field, yeah, they're not they're not executing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, Matt, I don't know how many times you're like, if this goddamn defensive end would just stay home, yeah. you know, how many how many things would just shut down? Or if this corner would actually cover his area, you yeah. know, yeah. instead of like right biting place. on the goddamn run right uh, every goddamn play, you know, what I'm saying that just 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 basically. It's just old school fundamentals, man. If you you got to have your your head in the game. I don't care how great of an athlete you are. If you're not paying attention to what's going on in the game, somebody's going to run right by you because there's a kid out there who's not making the money you're making. Yeah, he's doing everything he can to get that damn money. Historically, uh, Matt Lafleur after a loss comes <clears throat> back uh, with a win, and uh, the point differential is 14. So uh, historically, yeah, I, the I, Packers should win by at least 14. That nine and a half is the spread right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling I, you, they're going to cover it. They're going to cover it. The The biggest thing that I'm going to be looking at is the offensive line. So Runyon might not be playing. Hanson is a full go, which is to the chagrin of much a Packer because he's a good rotational player, not a starter. But Caleb Jones might get a little bit of run Big here, but I'm mountain. really curious. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what this offensive line is going to do because the pressure that Rodgers was under, and that's something that was not talked about too, too much. You know, the Vikings revamped their pass rush, and as much shit as we talked about Zedarius, he's, you know, and and that pass rush, they disrupted 
Rodgers quite a bit. And this offensive line is going to be critical to us. And it's not that there are any type of horses that they've got on their end, especially on the defensive line for the Bears. But when you look at at Hicks, you know, and the guys that they have in that linebacker position, regardless of how they're grading out, they're always on the ball. And if they can pressure up the middle, which is what would happen yeah. to Rodgers. They if, weren't if, their de- if their defensive line just does field. enough to get those linebackers in there, that's all. That's it. That's it. No, offensive line, man, is going to yeah. be – I'm going to be really curious to see what we do there because we're going to run – I, I do believe we're going to run the shit out of the ball. Like, they're, they're, they have to. They have to understand that you have to have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on there each time because when you had both of those guys on there, 6.6 yards per play, man. Like, that's, it, it, yeah. That's insane, dude. That's insane. DJ, it is always always a pleasure to have you on, brother. It's been great to see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let everybody know where they can uh, find you on social media. Guys, not just on the YouTube where most people know me from, but I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at TJWIMZ. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook at TJWIMBS, as in bullshit. And my IMDB is IMDB. Dot me slash tj w i m b s not boy scout bullshit there you go there you go um mailbag monday right after uh the overreaction uh from sunday's night uh sunday night game against uh, bears versus the packers we'll have uh questions for you uh questions answered for you on mailbag monday i can't even speak right now i'm trying to remember the bloody cue so <laughs> Uh, Manscaped uh, sponsors Mailbag Monday. If you've got any questions for us, make sure that you send it to us at Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com, all one word. You can find us on Twitter at Borders Packers. Find us on Instagram, Packers Without Borders, and Packers Without Borders merch. Don't forget about that merch. Okay. You can hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders if you want to support the show. Grassroots, let's go, let's go. And all the merchandise that we've got coming out, um, is on Packers Without Borders at my.shopify.com. I said it right that time. And of course, just, always, always very <laughs> blessed to have Manscaped sponsoring Monday. Um, Dos Papas is the coupon uh, <sighs> code D-O-S-P-A-P-A-S. Get in there, 20% off and free shipping. But send us your questions. Those are always really fun and exciting shows for us because it really gives us some perspective of what you guys are thinking, what you want. So we love Monday Mailbag. Awesome. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. We take this disgrace Another Bears fan Throwing insults in our face The Packers are the greatest team To ever play the game Even if from time to time They've been a little lame How could you ever love a team With Jim McMahon Not even Porky Pig Was as big a him They got a reputation That's mostly based on luck The Bears still suck The Bears still suck The bears still suck. The bears still suck. The bears still suck. We really, 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 really suck.
Chuck, yes, the bears.